Welcome to Push Rim Life After Injury Podcast for February 21st, 2014, episode 36, Occupational Therapy. I'm Ray Pizarro. And Boris Del Cid. And I'm Richard Bow. Well, thank our audience for being with us once again. Uh, these podcasts were created to talk about spinal cord injury related topics, disability resources, and also spotlight individuals that found ways to get past their challenges and are a great source of inspiration. And with that, we uh, we brought in our, our friends at um, from Precision Rehabilitation. Claire Malavi is here to share a little bit about her expertise in occupational therapy. Welcome, Claire. Hey. All right. So, B, welcome back, too. Hey, thank yeah. you very much. Good to be back. Yeah, good to see you. Thank you. Good to see you, too, Richard. Uh, we, we, we love having you, um, uh, Claire, and... Uh, uh, we appreciate you taking time from your busy schedule at Precision Rehab in Long Beach. And uh, again, welcome. Thank you. All Richard, right. Your turn agreed. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I was going to start in with some questions, but I thought you were going to ask or something. Okay, well, let's go. Let's get started. Yeah. Let's get busy. Hey. So why did you decide to become an occupational therapist and when? Sure. So I... Um, went to USC for OT school. Um, I graduated from there in 2005. My undergrad is in kinesiology. Um, and when I was an undergrad, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. Didn't know if I wanted to be a physical therapist or athletic trainer. And I had never heard of occupational therapy. And I went and spoke with a professor and she asked what my interests were. And I let her know, and she said, what about OT? And I said, I have no clue what that is. So I went and looked it up, and I thought, this is perfect for me. It's that just right balance. Um, And so anyways, I applied to OT school. Um, Like I said, I graduated in 2005 from USC um, and worked in the same setting for about eight years where I worked primarily with people who have um, spinal cord injuries. And now I've made the transition to an outpatient setting. Okay. So can you explain to me the differences between an OT and a PT? Sure. So I think it depends on the setting that somebody is in. Um, But let's say, for example, in an outpatient setting, um, or we could say outpatient and inpatient, um, a physical therapist is going to work primarily with somebody on their wheelchair skills, um, wheelchair mobility, um, making sure that they get up in a standing frame, um, work with them on their transfers, more so like, let's say, from a wheelchair to a mat or from their wheelchair to the car. And occupational therapy is going to work primarily with somebody on their upper extremity strength, endurance, um, strengthening the muscles that are innervated, if that's the particular case. Also work with them on, if need be, assistive technology, adaptive equipment, um, adapted ways for um, dressing or doing other ADLs. So oh, that's okay. kind of in a nutshell. All right. Yeah. So, yeah. so as a quad, um, would you be able to teach me how to cook? Yep. For so, yep. And okay. it depends on somebody's level of injury. So obviously you said quad, that could mean a variety of different things. And somebody right. could be at a much higher level injury where they have no movement in their arms. And so at that time, then it's working a lot with that patient or client on being able to direct their care um, versus actually doing an activity on their own. So, oh, okay. you know, with spinal cord injury, there are so many different levels and abilities. Right. 
So yeah, yes. Yeah, speaking about uh, uh, mod- modifying things, and what is the most craziest or unusual thing you had to modify for someone, if you could remember? <laughs> craziest or unusual? I don't. I don't know if there's anything that's been crazy, okay. but I would say that there are typical things um most frequently somebody's home isn't accessible um uh, regardless of what your injury is whether it be spinal cord injury or brain injury or stroke but most homes are not accessible and usually the areas that are of greatest concern um include entering your home environment um and then the second most common area is the bathroom so i've have yet to meet somebody whose home was already accessible for them right. before oh, they yeah. sustained some sort of traumatic injury or, or accident. No, I'm sure it is. Yeah, and no, I had to totally move after my injury. Yeah. And yeah. do you guys make trips out to people's homes when they get transitioned from hospitals usually? Correct. Or? So usually how it works um, is insurances will cover when somebody's in an inpatient setting for an occupational therapist. And usually it's probably an OT and a PT who will go to somebody's home environment to take a look to see how they're moving around in their home environment. Um, or let's say you're in like a big recliner chair at that time, but with the anticipation that you are going to be in a smaller size chair, um, being able to make the appropriate recommendations, knowing what somebody's level of injury is. Cool. Yeah. Cause it could be a big blur, right? When you, when you're inpatient and not have enough time to take it full advantage of, of all the therapies that they give you. Mm-hmm. So it's encouraged for people to do a lot of outpatient correct uh, come in as outpatient correct absolutely and usually with the home modifications it's just recommendations that are mm. made if you're working with an ot or pt in an inpatient setting and then it's the responsibility of that individual to be able to find the appropriate contractor or, or architect to make those changes sounds sounds like uh there's a lot there to be uh learned and um I guess, integrate into an OT. Are there any subspecialties in your profession? Sure, there is. There's definitely a lot. Again, OT is so broad um, that an OT can work in the NICU, so with tiny little infants, um, can work in a school setting, um, can work in an inpatient, outpatient, skilled nursing facility. It's so varied. They can do driver's training. Um, somebody can be a certified hand specialist. Well, like with, um, um, they, uh, professional athletes. So with, work with them? that would be probably more or, like an athletic trainer oh, okay. for each team would have their own athletic trainer. Um, OTs can do vision rehab. Um, so there definitely are a lot of specialties. Um, and then with the home modification, it's often recommended that you have, we call it caps and it stands for certified aging in place specialist. Um, and so that's another. That's, that's 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 great that you mentioned that because uh, my next question: um, Do you have any special licenses from the state or any certifications or trainings uh, um, that you might want to expound on? Sure. So, an occupational therapist um, were 
typically registered and licensed. Um, so you have to be um, licensed in your state. Um, and then for me specifically, then I have my CAPS certification, so Certified Aging in Place Specialist. So went through the training for that. And then OTs don't automatically, when they get out of school, they're not able to do, we call them modalities. So doing stimulation, ultrasound, all of those good things. Um, and so I have that certification as oh, well. Wow. Can you expand on the CAPS, please? Sure. So it's Certified Aging in Place Specialist. And through the National Association of Home Builders, um, that's where somebody can find out who is CAPS certified. And so it's recommended that, let's say, uh, it could be an OT, PT, um, uh, architect, a contractor, and they're all listed on that website. And so you know that if you go to that website, click on somebody who has their CAPS certification, that that person has a little bit more knowledge and understanding about either aging in place, so wanting mm -hmm. to stay in your home environment, or working with somebody who needs to make modifications to their home environment, who has either, let's say, sustained a spinal cord injury, or who's had a stroke or a brain injury. That's good to know. So you do that, too? Yes. yes. Nice. I do do that on the side, yes. Oh. So I have a side business, and mm -hmm. um, it's called Spaces to Places. And um, I work with another occupational therapist. We're both CAPS certified um, and can work with anybody who, like I stated before, has sustained a traumatic injury or accident um, or somebody who'd like to age in or who'd like to stay in their home environment as they're getting older instead of, let's say, go to a nursing home. Uh, okay. You got a website? I, we do. Yep. Okay. And I don't know. Do you guys post oh, yeah. things? Yeah. What okay. is it? Can you mention it right now? Sure. So one is the precisionrehabilitation.com. Oh, certainly. And that's the occupational therapy. And then um, the other one is spaces-to-places.com. All right. Spaces-the number two. No, T-O. Oh, T-O. Oh, yeah. I'm glad we clarified. That's why, yeah, I probably should. That's I don't know. Spaces dash T-O dash places.com. Thank you. Yeah, we'll do a lower third. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. That'll be, that'll be good. Yeah, we're okay. going to put that in okay. there. Fantastic. But thank, thank you for letting us know that uh, that's what a CAPS is and that's what you also do besides being a professional at uh, precision yes. uh, rehab here in Long Beach. Thank you. Yeah. Um, thank you. So, I got more questions, but go ahead, Richard. No, I just wanted to ask, um, can I come and see you over at Precision about um, maybe getting my tenodesis a little um, So, better. Richard, what is tenodesis for those of us who do not know what that is? Okay, when you have a spinal cord injury um, in the cervical level, um, generally you don't have hand function. And so you use a little trick called tenodesis in order to pick up stuff hmm. by moving your wrist and and it automatically closes your hand. So that's yeah. that's well, okay. Go ahead. No, that's just um, my expl uh, personal explanation. I, I'm not a tenodesis is a surgical attachment of a detached tendon onto a bone. So, anyways, go ahead. Did well, I say we, it wrong? Well, or? we do call it mm -hmm. tenodesis. So it's okay. utilizing yeah your wrist extension in order so to get I was your right, fingers Boris. to close. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. You totally could come see an OT in outpatient. Um, if let's say you don't feel like you're 
having a functional tenodesis was addressed when you were in inpatient or if you've had some sort of change or questions related to that um, and can use, well, and again, it depends on, on the person. Um, some people we say have, they don't have a functional tenodesis, so they may have wrist extension, but their fingers don't close, let's right, say, right? Because right? they've been stretched out with their fingers open and their wrist up. So there's different techniques for addressing um, if somebody needs to develop a more functional tenodesis. And then your hands can also contracture, right? So you mean your fingers can become in a closed position? Yeah. So not for everybody, but there are some people where that does, in fact, occur. Okay. Yeah, yeah and there also, I, I remember my favorite piece of equipment. There was that universal cuff. We all remember that, right? Oh, yeah. Where, uh, I mean, most quads, um, functional quads, that had that universal cuff. You could stick your toothbrush in there, your hairbrush. Right. I mean, yeah, that, that's what the OT did. Yeah, they, they give you all these little cool things. Yeah, then then you can implement them when you get home. You're able to still use them, and you, most likely you take them home with you. Uh, right. One more question sure. on uh, your home modifications: sure. like, uh, what kind of major modifications require a permit from the city? Sure. So. Every city is is different, different. but for the most part, if you're going to, like, let's say, paint the inside of your home, you don't need a permit for that. Um, But there, I have a list of different things that you would need a permit for. So if you're going to do any sort of, like, structural changes, you Mm -hmm. would need a permit. So widening in the door, would that be something? Yes. Okay. Yep. Yep, so it's usually uh-huh. a structural change. Okay, gotcha. Unless you're going to do, like, let's say, reverse hinges or something where that's going to give you a little bit more space. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about doing reverse hinges. And that's that's fine. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. Now, so in your opinion, what is the most difficult obstacle uh, uh, an ACI individual faces at home after leaving the hospital? Mm, again, I think everybody's... Obviously, totally different. Yeah, I would say oftentimes what I hear is that um, somebody has a tough time navigating in their chair over different surfaces. So oftentimes in the hospital, it's this like tile, flat floor, you know, and there's not bumps and there's not carpet. Um, and so making that transition, um, back into the community is oftentimes difficult. Um, Mm -hmm. having that endurance to be able to push over those different surfaces can be quite challenging. Obviously that's different. If somebody's in a power chair, you're not having to propel yourself bowl over. Yeah. 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 So as we get close to wrapping up here, uh, we want to, first of all, um, Thank you, Claire, for for coming in. I mean, we our, our shows are nice, short, and sweet to, to the point, basically. And then later, people could check you out at either the website or, or your place of business. Sure. Um, but we we want to thank you for your time and Boris. I'm I'm glad you were able to came come out once again to yeah. to hone uh, in on our conversation. Yeah, I know. Well, you've been a busy man lately, so well, um, trying 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 to get uh, stuff rolling. So gotcha, gotcha. Thanks. So we want to, again, thank our audience for being with us. And, Rich, where can they find us uh, if they want more information? Club YouTube. I mean, uh, on YouTube, Club Pushroom. Sorry. (laughs) Club Pushroom is where you can find us, and you probably have already. And if you have, please subscribe. Yes, and also at uh, pushroom.com. That's right. 
We're on iTunes also. And if you want to get in contact with us, any we're, we're actively looking for sponsorships for just our equipment and, and other uh, sorts of uh, things that we're needing for our production. Um, you can reach us at info at pushroom.com. Send us an email, any any donations of, of any equipment, tripods, whatever you might have that you don't use. We'll be more than happy to, to, to use them. So, Claire... Well, Abby, thank, thank you so much for thank being you. with us and uh, hope to see you at Precision one day for, for some OT. Yeah. And thank you, Precision, for letting, you, letting us have you uh, interview. Yeah, yes. no. Yeah, thanks, Christy. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Okay, guys. And with that, we leave you guys. Uh, thanks once again for being with us. And remember, there's always life after injury. Till next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.